Hello everyone. It's another week to talk about happenings in the tech world, especially as it relates to Africa. Yeah, and it's also another week to remind ourselves of the of the ongoing economic situation that is causing a lot of things, especially in the investment world. And it's one of the things that a startup that a Nigerian startup that laid up that shut down rather last week, like that was the reason they put behind their shutting down. That startup is Lizapay, and yeah, reason is that they were not able to raise the next round of funding they were supposed to raise. Sounds sad, but it calls for a lot of question. With me in the studio today is Chief and Bully. Hello, everybody. And I don't know if we should dwell on this laser pay discussion because it has raised a lot of controversies. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. Uh, I, I guess within a certain group of people, it did. But mm -hmm. I think the general, um, the general reaction to the story has been, you know, uh, you know, it's your first time. This is just the. You know, it's normal. We get better. I see that knowing so smile on Chigozirin's face. <laughs> yeah, but then we've had we've, we've also had people who now say, "How do you say you are shutting down because you could not raise funds?" And you know, I think Chigozirin has has a lot to say about this. I don't know how long he <laughs> to spend talking about it, but I think he has he has some. I don't know. He's on the other side of the spectrum, Shai. <laughs> I'm on every part of the spectrum, depending on what day you ask me or what question you ask me. <laughs> it's a valid reason to shut down. That's the reality. It's a valid reason. Um, but it also makes people, I, I think it's, it's, I mean, for people on the outside, it's also an, that's an opportunity for you to get a little glimpse into how really funny the startup life can be. Yeah. So, the idea, so I don't know how, you guys grew up, but my understanding of businesses was that businesses would, like, ideally they should start making money as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. Where they can't, then you have to find some form of financing to sustain it. So it's either your savings, or maybe you're able to yes. get someone from somewhere to get, to just put up enough capital to see you through a specific period. Mm -hmm. And until you can get to the point where at the very least maybe your revenues are sustaining a significant portion of your even expenses if even if you're not making profits then you can stay alive and it's something that startups seem to not want to do yeah. and uh, maybe that's because the whole premise of venture capital is grow as fast as possible we are funding innovation in quote i hate using that word these days but everyone claims they are funding mm -hmm. innovation and that's like the whole premise of it. So one of the things it does, I've been having this conversation with um, a friend in for the last maybe two weeks. Do you want to grow so fast and yet you can't sustain your operations? Mm -hmm. Because it's one of the major problems. You can grow very fast. To yeah, that, I mean, it's one of the things that sells to them. But um, so far, we are still dwelling on Lizapi. So launched 2021, if I'm not mistaken. And the idea was to help businesses accept payments using cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. Basically a pay stack but for crypto. Sounds interesting when you consider that Nigerian businesses were especially Nigerian businesses were suffering to 
get access to dollars. So that's a huge, uh, a very good value proposition. And they quickly raise enough money to get them out into the market. Um, by the statement they put out, they had served about 3,000 merchants. What I noticed is 3,000 merchants was the same number they gave us the last time they put mm-hmm. off. Yeah. So that means not much growth happened between that time and when they shut down. This is mm-hmm. roughly four or five months. If not, yeah. Five months or so. That's kind of how long it takes for you to keep to convincing investors. To mm. Yeah. So it's... so. I mean, people have said uh, we are past the stage where you say not raising funds is your reason. But investors will tell you, when you want to, if you want to raise one million, you should be asking yourself how long will one million That's last. True. So if the one million won't take you past a certain, um, so if for example one million would keep you in keep you alive for a year, then it makes sense. But don't raise one million, or maybe one million is only going to be enough for eight eight months, and you're hoping to raise money at some point. But yeah, it just. I mean, yes, it's it's a sad tale, but then businesses fail every day. Yeah, yeah. and it's just important. But, but then we, I think startups should should. I'm working on something about uh, the trend with which startups, African startups, Nigerian startups, mm. or is it is it African? African startups are looming. Mm. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll come I'll come back with a conclusion. But the what I found out so far is the. Is an important reason why startups should focus more on making revenue, at least something to meet your recurring needs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funding might come, funding might yeah. not come, yeah. right? But the focus is on making revenue, knowing that you actually have a product that and the market needs. Yeah, you should run a business because those are the ones surviving now. People that are uh, truly really do not business. care about whether you're giving your employees merch when they come on or giving them. I'm still talking about um, the current situation of since it seems Silicon Valley has been taking a lot of um, of the impact lately, right? It's been it's either the economic recession that there's Silicon Valley Bank and everything. The recent one is um, Meta. That's the parent company of Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram. Uh, started leaning off again. Started on Tuesday. Still running now. So the situation of things in Meta is that some people are still dreading. They don't know whether they will be part of this layoff or not. So 4,000 jobs would be cut. And there are probably 6,000 more coming. Because from the statement that Mark made in March, it was like there might be 10,000 more people sent back to the job search market, at least. But now 4,000 has been confirmed and they are receiving their notice one after the other. And I know what I was just imagining was how this came, the head of people would be at this moment because just in November, mm. Meta laid off 11,000 people. Wow. Yeah. And you've, you've stopped hiring for like 5,000 roads that were... Mm-hmm. Open before mm-hmm. you stop that, and now you are releasing bad news back to back. And I can imagine employee morale getting very low. People are probably revolting within there. There might be internal um, conflicts going on because mm. you don't know who next will be. You are probably having survival guilt that okay, you were not affected, but still, 
your friends were affected. So I can imagine what is going on within Meta. But mm. from what the, what they say is behind the reason for these layoffs and hiring freeze. And one other thing which which Mark said is trying to thin out the the um, the space between management and the people that are now down the organogram. Oh, okay. So you are removing mid-level people. So that wow. even the people that are top that are still in management roles, they can also take on um hands on on roles like coding, like mm. designing. You get so it's going to be yeah. going to be earning your money now. <laughs> right. This is the year of efficiency. Right. And I came across a conversation earlier in the week of big engineer of large engineering teams doing nothing, like achieving very less compared to small so, uh, engineering teams and i kind of agree because uh, it, when you see that the the line of communication or what is it called the line of i think it's line of communication if the longer it gets the longer it gets to get done yeah. 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 yeah i i think that is what i'm not i'm not supporting what is doing business has to run i think what that's what mark is doing reducing uh, why did teams. they even have to get to that point Nice. Interestingly, interestingly, um, what's it called? Um, Meta's workforce mm. as of 2019 was uh, almost 45,000 okay. people. But even after now, after Meta laid off that 11,000 in November last year, its mm. workforce was around 86,000. Wow. So I think it's, it's trying to go back it's to what 6, it was. 000. Yes. That's I more mean, than, I don't know. Uh, they probably employ more people than the federal government. <laughs> if you say that, so maybe um, the company is trying to wind back to what it was before the good days of mm-hmm. 2020, as it were. So um, we are mis- wishing Meta the best, the best in their journey of laying off, and we are hoping that the ones that are laid off find their foot quickly. I am. I believe that the company is. Um, paying attention to severance to help those people to get themselves together before they move on. But that's not all we'll be discussing about Meta today. Right? Meta is, is connecting blows, bus blows from two countries in Africa. So, Shingo, you tell us about it. Okay. Um, so, Meta, Meta's um, legal was in Africa just seems to continue. It's almost like they're in the news every week. Every other week, yeah. yeah. So, this time around in Kenya, um, they are being barred from hiring another person, another, uh, like call it service provider. Oh, they want, they want the case. Um, the Kenyans want the case. Something like that. So it's it's an ongoing case, and oh. they are being banned from hiring a different contract. company. Yeah. So now the court has already said you can't hire. Like these guys can't work for you anymore. So they are now they have to wait until the court case is all over. Basically, um, there are content moderation jobs or partner in Kenya is now they can't hire because the court has stopped them. But they still have employees, and according to them, they are incurring expenses by paying these employees. I think they are all on a paid leave, so they're incurring expenses by paying employees, even though they're not working. And moving to South Africa. It's it's not the same thing. This this time it's is like an anti-competitive um, suit. So Kenya is being sorry, Meta is being accused of anti-competitive practices where it is it's pulling off a service from using its uh, API 
So GovChat is the name of the company, and it's accusing Meta of pulling pulling it off the uh, WhatsApp API database in order to offer a similar service. So I was checking GovChat's website, and um, the they currently have about nine million users. And what they just do is connect gov- government and mm-hmm. citizens. So like a bridge between the government and the citizens. So um, it's I don't know. It's kind of GovTech. Yeah, kind of GovTech. So. I guess you can send messages to government officials and vice versa. So mm-hmm. they, uh, they are already serving 9 million people. And Meta is saying, you guys have been flouting our rules. So it's time to get out. And they are saying, no, it's not the reason you are, uh, you're kicking us out. We're doing it because we want to launch a similar service and now compete directly with us or deal directly with the government. I mean, WhatsApp already has the API, so it doesn't really cost them lot to do that so that's their that's the state of their um, lawsuits now i will not South go Africa. well for them i mean it's something something the government uses right yeah yeah it's not like necessarily government in but it helps it connects government with people mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and they've i mean nine million people already doing that mm-hmm. already using them for that so i think that, that company has the upper hand yeah uh, and i think going by the legacy that has been that have been raised um against Meta this past few months in Africa. I don't know, it's looking anyone that will not cost them money is just letting go. <laughs> <laughs> Actually this one is going to cost them money because the commission that they've been that they are standing before is recommending that they be filed find ten percent of the annual revenue. So Oof. that's a lot of money for you to and I guess they are going to fight to the very end to ensure that. Again, I wish Meta the best. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. And before we go to the next thing we are talking about now, um, I think this is a good time to remind us that Lagos Startup Expo is holding on May 20 at Landmark Event Center on the island. And <laughs> why did I have to put it like that? But yeah. You know how it is. If you've been if you've been following Tech Point event for for a while now, you will know how much value we give to the extent that we pull a lot of crowd ranging from decision makers in organizations, startup founders, entrepreneurs, um, tech experts, tech enthusiasts. We pull all those people together from every walks of life, from every part of Nigeria. And we bring them together. Now I'm wondering if you are, if if you have a product, or even if it's still an idea, and you are looking for a place to put it in the faces of people. I'm wondering where would be the first, the best place to, if not at Lagos Startup Expo. So this is another call out to tell you to be a sponsor of this event, or exhibit at at the event. We are pulling to, we are bringing together um, startups. Oh, over 200 startups too that, that we have boots all over that place and you would be able not only be able to put your product in, in front of people you can also go to other people's stands and see people whose ideas or products align with yours and you, you you might not know where you will meet somebody to partner with or to get that your next big client so don't forget to go to lagostartupexpo.com to book your stand or reach out to business at techpoint.africa if you need any other information on how you can sponsor the event. Also, we're also inviting you to attend if you are 
if you fall into any of this category, you can attend, you can come to network, you can come to get merch. Yes. Just imagine <laughs> bringing, you know, the way startups are with giving out perks, right? You don't yeah. want to miss that. So register to attend at lagosstartupexpo.com and keep it in mind. We already have some sponsors, right? We have Cardonic, Anchor is already on board. Cardonic. 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 I'm sorry. Thank you, Volu. <laughs> Cardonic is on board. Anchor is on board. Cardify, Rachnida, Gray, and many more are coming on. So don't forget to join us on this work. And May 20 is just around the corner. I'm, I can't wait to see you. Although you might see me from afar, not be able to talk to me, but I can't wait to see you. But yeah, so moving on to the next thing we are discussing today is is Netflix. Netflix released a report recently and yeah. gave us some figures that got our head turning. Hey, what's going on? Okay, yeah. So Netflix basically released their um, social economic impact report from 2016 to 2022, which is the amount of time they've been. Africa and they gave us some very interesting figures such as how they've been able to improve um, the film industry majorly in Nigeria, Kenya and South Africa. Um, the impacts, they've had a lot of impacts um, from according to the reports like in terms of GDP, you know, GDP growth, um, people that have gotten jobs, um, people that, you know, the quality of, you know, films on the continent and I think one of the most, one thing that really stuck, stuck out to me was um, you know, how much they've invested so far. They've invested $375 million uh, from 2016 to 2022. And you know, they gave us some breakdown of how they shared that money among um, the, I think the, the three major countries where you know, they've, been, you know, they've been doing a lot of work, which is South Africa, Nigeria, and Kenya. So South Africa got the lion share. South Africa got out of South Africa got seventy one percent of that money. Uh, that's around um, one hundred and twenty three million, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Nigeria got thirty three million, <laughs> and Kenya did not even tell us how much they did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. To, I hope they won't come for me like they did. But <laughs> yes, but I think it's just. It shows how the because they said you know they're just starting out uh they're still going to do a lot more but i think they they're focusing on what i believe i could be wrong and i mean if you're watching this podcast you can also share some of your insights with me i would really love to but i believe that south africa is um, probably the most robust um entertainment film industry um out of the three right which is why they've had to spend you know, a lot of money you know a lot of money in that country and uh, the irony the yes. irony is nigeria actually yes released nigeria releases more they, they licensed more movies right in nigeria i think over 200 movies to over 230 and then in south africa it was around 176 or so right that they licensed right but you now notice that there were more commissioned movies in south africa there were around 16 commissioned movies right which is what we call netflix originals in Nigeria, it was lower. Mm. I think I don't think it was up to five. Right? It was between three and five, right? So, which is why they spent more money. I think those Netflix originals, they really put. You know, it's but not like yeah. licensed movies where the person has made their movie, brings it on Netflix. Yeah, right? yeah, so it. there was even this particular uh, movie at uh, 
One Piece. I, I don't know. I'm getting that right. One no. Piece. Yeah, One Piece. A South African movie, which I think the budget was $54 million. Mm. Right? And then when you think about it, $54 million is already more than the entire money they've spent in Nigeria <laughs> between 2016 and 2022. Like, that's mm. just... Well, <laughs> the, the commissioned movies... The Netflix originals, the, the Nollywood, the Nollywood Netflix originals were banned. Bank, okay. yeah, yeah, if you look at the ratings in the mm. um, in the reports, well. yeah, 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 they were banned. They they did really well. They did really well. Yeah, and, and the the um the, the yeah. one that was a series was a limited series. Yeah. Meanwhile, and the Lost South Sisters. African Lost Lost Sisters. Sisters. yes, and but South Africa had like um Blood and Water. Is it Blood and Water? Like season one, season two, season three. Like yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so I think Anikula Blood Sisters. I can't remember the third Nigerian movie that did really well, but overall, South Africa had the most movies that you mm-hmm. know really went global, and yeah, but it's really interesting. And I'm excited to because you know, I was having this discussion and I was like, you know, we've seen streaming platforms like music streaming platforms, you know, make African music you know really go global where we can't really say it was majorly new music platforms uh because with mu- music it's easier you are not it's not as if youtube music or spotify is coming to say hey take 10 million gram produce mm-hmm. it the musicians are doing their thing mm-hmm. and these people are just helping them and then there's also social media but i think you know we can replicate the same thing because it, we don't really have that funding right when it comes to film in africa generally for nigeria i think i know more for nigeria we don't really have that money but there's this uh and you know the competition will make it even better because Netflix is bringing one seventy five million. Imagine what Prime Video brings. Yes. Like so imagine what Disney Plus will bring. For how long? I don't know. like how much will they bring? No. Like for will they long? continue doing this? Yes. So yes, they, they, they find the market viable. So that's a very good viable. question. That's a very good question, which is a question I'm going to answer in an article coming up, which is yes, Netflix says you've invested one hundred seventy five million, but how much did they really make in that amount of time? Was it were they just putting in money? Long and long so yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly, I think it's a long term investment, of course. But it's a long term investment, right? But, but for you to justify that um, investment, you also need to be looking at like the, the people you're investing money in. So, yes, um, South Africa got 1.5 million or so. The I'd like to see how many. Netflix subscribers are in South Africa. So you would now start <laughs> looking at how much are we making directly from these people? Because when they were talking about impact, they yes. were talking about direct impact, indirect impact. Yeah. So yeah. directly, how much are we making from South African mm-hmm. movies? How many times were these movies streamed? Now, if you're investing in a, if you're investing in a place and, okay, let's say, look at what happened with Iroko TV. They were investing in African movies or Nigerian movies and they realized that the US was paying them a lot more so now they've changed their pricing strategy. They've changed every single thing to appeal to those guys. Would that be the case for Netflix? I think it's, uh, I think that would be the case. Okay. Because I, I disagree. I disagree with that actually, and that is because I think Iroko TV does not have the kind of they are not as deep pocketed as Netflix. That's why I said Netflix can afford to do that long term investment. They can where afford they might to not. 